The Big Issue. Breaking down the issues that matter. Hello, listener. You're welcome to Leadership Podcast. It is yet another edition of The Big Issue. In this fourth edition of the program, our in-house analysts are already waiting in the wings to dissect, analyze, and interrogate, and dig into the big issues of the day as the border on the country's polity. With me here in the studio today are Bodeg Badebo, Sunday Isua, Adedapo, Adebi, Tunde Oguntola. You are all welcome to the studio. Thank you, for well, today we are at the doorsteps of the National Assembly where once again the lawmakers considered and passed the Petroleum Industrial Bill. With its passage, the bill is gradually getting a glimpse of the light of day, 14 years after it was first presented in both chambers of the Federal Parliament. Reacting to this bill, the presidency described it as a broken jinx. The senior special assistant to the president on National Assembly matters, Senator Babajide Omowurari, noted that previous unsuccessful attempts at passing the bill and the non-amendment of the Petroleum Act 1967 has affected the inflow of foreign direct investment, as well as growth in local content. He said both the executive and legislative arms of government could work together for common good of Nigerians. But at the Senate, the bill was passed, not without some scuffles among distinguished senators who had divergent views about, the certain, about certain clauses in it. Consideration of the bill began effortlessly, but after a closed-door meeting where the group managing director of the Nigerian National Petroleum Corporation, Mele Kari, briefed the lawmakers on some gray areas. Members of the Red Chambers were later divided after both Northern and Southern Senators also came out from their different caucus meeting. While the clause for consideration of the bill was in progress, a drama ensured when Senator Baba Ahmed Baba Kaita called for an amendment on page 240 of the 542-page document to reduce the proposed 5% of the actual annual operating expenditure of the preceding financial year in the upstream petroleum operations for the host community. Well, um, Bode, how do you see what played out in the Senate during the passage of the bill? Well, it's not new. Uh, sensitive matters like the petroleum industry bill have always uh, caused division among uh, lawmakers uh, in Nigeria. You know, even when they want to be nationalistic, there will always be attempt also by a few to actually drag them back to their sectional cocoons. But thank God yesterday, a reason prevailed and uh, they settled uh, for the 3% uh, provision, uh, fund provision for the host development uh, commission. Now in the House of Representatives, the story is different. They retain the 5% initially proposed in the bill. So it's not new, uh, it's normal, you know, given the complexity of Nigerian nation. So it's, it's not new. Well, let's um, look at the particular subject of contention. 
which had to do with 5% for the host communities. Uh, it's what? The PIB bill itself. You see, that is not fair enough by allocating uh, 5% to the host community. Well, you know, if something happens, uh, different people will give out their different views. And we all know that this um, issue of um, 5% is actually a proposal of the committee. Initially, what was in the, in the bill as uh, presented during the committee level was 2.5. Now, that 2.5 is not money that government will be giving the host community. You understand? It's just that any company that will be, or that is given license to run an oil or gas company in a, in a community, that company will now open what they call host community trust fund. You know, that is to say, in each year, their profit they will now deduct that particular percentage and put it in that fund. What that means is that the community will now use that fund to, you know, develop the area. And the provision that was made in that ad is that if there is a, a pipe vandalization, it is from that fund that the host community will use to repair it. That is to say, the host community must take care of the uh infrastructure infrastructure of the oil company and a lot of people you know will see it as if the nigerian senate wanted to deny host community benefit of uh, of uh, getting oil uh, um, uh, uh, remittances or whatever they call it but i see it because the implication here is that if the percentage to be given to the host community is high it means that many oil companies will not want to come and invest because that money is the oil company that will be paying to the host community. So when the group managing director of NMPC came to the Senate, he now enlightened the senators that, well, the 5% is okay, but it may scare away investors from coming to invest in that particular sector. So he now advised them that since the initial proposal was 2.5, they can now take it up to 3%. And at the end of the day, the Senate now, you know, settled on that 3%. But there were a lot of uh, dramas, as you rightly said, you know, where the deputy Senate, uh, Senate uh, the deputy Senate president, who is coming from the Niger Delta region, Senator Ovie Omo Ajege had earlier, you know, thanked the committee and even the Senate president when he saw that there is a provision of 5% in the bill. But while they were considering it, the senator from uh, Katina State, uh, Baba Keita, you know, said that there should be an amendment to reduce the proposed 5% to 3%. You know, so despite effort, you know, uh, the Senate actually settled on that 3%, you know. But a lot of people may likely, you know, read some kind of um, 
uh, 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 you know, misconception uh, on it because um, the issue of host communities, we now, in the future, we will now in the future find out that other states, especially in the northern part of the country, will be part of that host communities because there is 30 percent that have been set aside from the newly created uh, uh, NNPC that they will use to explore oil in uh, other uh, communities and invariably the communities cost cut across all the states of the federation so if those uh, if people maybe from the north think that okay the percentage for the host communities was high by the time they also join the host communities that's when they will know that okay they actually did not do well but if the percentage is to encourage investors from outside the country to come and invest you know that's when they will know that yes we actually did well because the more investors the more percentage host community communities will continue to enjoy so i think it's a good uh, effort by the senate but for the presidency to now come out to say that a jinx was broken that is where i have issue with it because it's not the first time the senate is actually passing this bill. They passed it in the 8th Senate, but President Muhammad Buhari could not sign it into law. So, if they say that uh, the, 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 the ninth Senate have broken June, uh, the jinx, I think I have issue with that because it's not the first time. You know, the issue they should be, you know, um, thinking about is that if the president sign it into law, that is when they can say the jinx have been broken. Because if you trace the history of the bill, it actually started in, two, in the year 2000 when President Olishogun Obasanjo set up a committee, you know, to look at how they can improve the oil sector. And from that committee, you know, an idea came that they will have to, you know, introduce a bill to the National Assembly to see how, you know, they can help improve uh, the oil revenues in the country. And President Umoru Musaya Radua actually sent that bill to the board chambers of the National Assembly, as you have uh, actually said. But we see that the journey has not been smooth because every uh, assembly, sometimes they split the bill, but there will always be an issue with this issue of host communities. And now that the Senate have, you know, um, doused that tension and every person agree to work together, we will now wait for the House of Representatives if they finish their own passage, then if there are different copies where they need a harmonization committee, then they will now clean it up before sending it to President Muhammad Buhari for his assent. But what happened at the floor of the Senate is commendable and I think that Nigeria should be happy that if President Muhammad Buhari signed uh, this bill into law, more investors will come into the country and you can now see that many oil exploration will take place in different parts of the state. The presidency describing it as a broken jinx. Don't you think that is a green light that this time around the president will append his assent, his signature? Yes, I, I think um, because initially one of the excuses President Muhammad Buhari you know, gave in his refusal to sign this bill last time was that the host communities were not carried along and that various stakeholders were also not carried along. 
But this time around, the Ninth Assembly and the Presidency, they actually collaborated. You know, we, 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 we heard from the Attorney General of the Federation. He personally went to, the, to meet the Senate President on that particular issue, and various discussions were held before the formal presentation of the bill. So we, we are confident that the President, since it is an executive bill, he will have no reason not signing it. The, the, the lawmakers were agreeing, debating, opposing the 5%. But at least from what all indication, it, and according to the bill, it is not the government that is supposed to pay that 5%, but the oil producing companies. So what injury would have the lawmakers been suffering if that 5% are given to the host community? Well, he just made the point that uh, the more money the oil companies we have to part away with, you know, there are tendencies that they may be running away from doing business in Nigeria. It's like paying a tax, and that money is like a small tax, 5% for contribution for the development of the host community so that they don't suffer any environmental hazard and the rest of them. So if they suffer anything in the course of oil exploration or exploitation, now that money will be used to do remediation. And like you also said, maybe if there is a vandalization, the money will be used to fix the pipe. But I think ultimately, the fund is meant for development of the area in a manner that they will not suffer from the oil exploration and exploitation activities of oil uh, uh, company. Now, if you say what would the senators lose if 5% uh, is given, well, I wouldn't know. But like I said earlier, we learned that the Green Chamber retained uh, 5%. Now, with such discrepancy, it means a conference committee will be set up by the National Assembly involving both chambers. They will go sit down, harmonize the report, and come back to either chamber. I also say this is the final stand of the National Assembly. So it could be 3%, it could be... 5%. We don't know yet. Reason can prevail again. There can be a change of mind on the part of the Senate. Or there could be a change of mind on the part of the House of Reps who retain 5% to say, oh, we are aligning with our senior colleagues in the Red Chamber. Let's make it 3%. So it could, it could go either way. But as we speak, a newspaper today actually made a calculation of that money to amount to $500 million, uh, $500 million annually. That's a big money. In fact, we should be disturbed about the management of the money, whether 3% or 5%. We should be now concerned whether such money will be judiciously used or not, whether it will be used for development of oil-producing areas or not. So we should be concerned about accountability. But I can tell you whether 3% or 5%, it will amount to a big money at the end of the day. Um, looking at the money, and then considering the fact that there had always been outcry from that region, that everything about their environment has been devastated, their farmlands have been devastated, and of course, the, everything that has to do with their means of survival has been destroyed by oil exploration. Now, given that these oil companies are the ones that are supposed to pay that 5%, what is 5%? or $500 million, as you, as you rightly say, compared to the environment 
in that region that has been degraded. Although you said accountability, we know, but at the end of the day, let's just secure that percentage first before we start talking of accountability. Isua, <laughs> what do you think about? Yes, you see, the three percent, you know, is money that will be going straight to the host community development fund. That is to say, we are not calculating what NDDC will be getting. You know, NDDC is mainly to develop the oil producing communities. And that money will be coming from government coffers. We are not talking about petroleum equalization fund. All those monies and other incentives due for the host communities. This one is, is, is money that is just meant for the host communities from investors, those who invest on oil in those communities, they are the one that will be sending that, that 3%, which, is, um, which amount to half a billion dollars every year to that, you know, uh, existing account. Now, if the money, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, if the House of Representatives and the Senate decide that, okay, let's jack it up to the 5%, that means the money will be more than $500 million dollars in a year. But will that encourage investors to come? Because anybody going out to do business, he will consider his own benefit. You know. But I think that if the money is small, it will encourage the oil companies to come and invest. Because that does not mean that the host community will not be benefiting from the oil being explored in their own communities. There are other uh, agencies that takes care of that but this one is their own money it goes it does not go to anybody's coffers it goes directly to the community's account that is to say the community can call themselves anytime any day and say okay we want to withdraw so, so, so amount of money to fix this or to do a borehole with this without any government uh, 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 in uh, um, any government um, um, intervention or whatever, you know, it's their own money. They don't allow, they don't, it's money that government will not interfere with, you know. So, there are other, you know, um, avenues that the host community will still develop. Talking about the NDDC, talking about um, um, the Petroleum Equalization Fund, and so many of them that I can't just mention now. So, it's a win-win situation. The, but the most important thing is that if the money is small, more companies will want to come and do business. And the more companies, the more benefit for the host community. Um, 5% compared to the huge amount of money these um, foreign firms, multinational firms are, are, are getting from um, oil production in the Niger Delta region? Well, um, whether 5% or 3%, I think uh, we should put it in proper perspective. 5% of what? Now, what, <clears throat> excuse me, what the bill um, stipulates is that 5%, that is what we have in the Green Chamber. The Senate has asked 3%, while the House of Representatives has adopted 5%. Now, it is 5% of operational costs. Operational costs, that means 
all expenses incurred in the process of that exploration, 5% of it goes to the host community. And don't forget, if you want to start arguing 5%, 3%, or whether investors will come or not, let us uh, remember that it is because we have oil and some people are suffering from environmental degradation from the activities of these oil companies that we can now start talking about whether investors will come or not. Um, it, is, it is apt and it is a due consideration to feel uh, whether investors will come due to huge percentage or more investors will come if the percentage is reduced. However, when you look at the Frontiers um, Trust Equalization Fund, I think, there is a fund set up for Frontier Basins. That fund is 30% of oil profits. And what is intended to do is to explore more fields. As at uh, the count yesterday, there are seven basins that are being explored. Uh, sorry, that are being uh, considered for exploration. So that fund is 30% of oil profits. So nobody is talking about why is 30% being earmarked for frontier basins. But we are arguing the 5% and 3%. Now, the, the, the point is, host communities have not even spoken. And they are not, as at the last time, they, they were demanding 10%. And we are here arguing whether 3% or 5%. What even comes to mind is the confusion that was occasioned yesterday. Now, in the bill presented before the House of Representatives, what the percentage in there in that section 240 subsection 2, sorry, that clause 240 subclause 2 is 2.5% before the House of Representatives. Whereas in the Senate, in the Senate is 2.5. The committee that up no, 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 no. To 5%. The committee already in the Senate jacked it up to 5%. What was presented before the Senate was 5%. No. By, the when, by the committee. Yes. It was a motion. The reduction came through a motion. Yes. Am I correct? Mm. But in the House of Representatives, the committee presented 2.5. They retained the executive. It was a motion again, again, to five. Now jacked it up to so five percent. So we should be looking at the disharmony, so to speak. Why? Because I understand that they have been working together. The the the, the um, NMPCGND has been shuttling between the Green Chamber and the Red Chamber. So why do we have such discrepancy? Because because when when we when we asked the uh, chairman of the special order committee on PIB, that's the chief whip of the house, Mongunu, he said it was an error. Then I wonder, how can a committee that has been working for months and wants Nigeria to applaud them, in fact, they are so elated that they have broken a jeans that was already broken in the 8th assembly, come and tell Nigerians that they have committed an error with such a very sensitive clause. I think that is unbecoming. So we should 
be looking at it beyond 3%, 5%. We should be looking at the underlying factor of why do we have this confusion. And I think uh, that is the same thing the NMPC GMD has been trying to, because if you ask me, that is the most sensitive part of the bill. It is the most sensitive part of the because the peace we have enjoyed, relative peace we have enjoyed in the Niger Delta area is based on an agreement. And when you now look at the, the follow-up or the build-up to this, if the host communities are complaining about the percentage that will accrue to them from oil exploration, then we may have a different situation in the nearest future. So, and peace in that area is central and cardinal to the economic prosperity of this country, whether we like it or not. Until maybe when we have other sources of uh, revenue, peace in the Niger Delta is cardinal. So I think uh, it is important, very, very essential to ensure that the host communities are pacified. If they are demanding 10%, I don't think 5% is too much. For worry is that despite having the largest reserves in Africa, Nigeria only received 4%. That's about $3 billion of $75 billion invested in the continent between 2015 and 2019. Yes. That should worry us. Because we, yes, How does this bill come from? Because before now, there have not been a, a good uh, uh, framework for the industry. Before now, there have been underhand dealings without commensurate revenue for government and without commensurate return on investment because it's, uh, the oil industry is, uh, is, 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 or was characterized by all manners of sharp practices. But now the PIB is meant to tackle that. Now we have a structure in place, we have a framework in place in tandem with international best practices and every player is duty-bound to abide by the provisions of the new uh, petroleum industry law. And it's also important that we see it as not being punitive. We also see it as not being for Niger Delta people. It's for national interest. It's about Nigeria. It's about what we get as a nation. It's not about what Niger Delta people we get. You know, it's talking about 5%, 10%. No, no, no. It's for all of us. It's not about the Niger Delta people. We're also forgetting that the, the 5% or 3% for host community development is not only the money, oil money these people are getting. There is the 13% derivation fund enshrined in the 1999 constitution, which they are also clamoring for amendment in the ongoing constitutional review. So that is that. There are other things he also mentioned. He also mentioned other things. No, the NDDC, what is the vehicle of development in the Niger Delta? It's a child of necessity. It, it, the NDDC, you remember from its uh, 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 precursor organization, OMPADEC, during the military. It was Umpadek that was renamed now as NDDC. It is meant to engender development in Niger Delta as a result of oil exploration and exploitation activities. But because of lack of accountability, because of corruption, people in Niger Delta are not getting value for all this initiative. So PIB should not be seen as the last thing that will now bring that peace. That will now no 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 no. PIB is just one. But ultimately, PIB is for is for Nigeria to get commensurate revenue from our oil deposit is for petroleum players to get return on investment and it's for those communities that will suffer 
oil exploration activities to also get remediation. Yes, um, Bode, you spoke well, but um, I think what calls for worry too again is what you just mentioned. Accountability. We all saw what happened recently with NDDs over this issue of COVID-19 funds. How can the government address issue of accountability with this particular commission? Because at the end of the day, all these things we are saying might come to fruition, but if there's no accountability, then the host communities will still suffer again because the commission saddled with the responsibility to uh, take funds that belong to them and address all their issues are not being sincere. Tunde, what do you think the government can do in this regard? Well, um, thank you very much for that question. I, I must say that, first, we must know that the NNPC we know yesterday, or they firstly ceased to exist in the passage of this bill. Uh, maybe it might be one, two years, three years before everything, the, the official documents will be finalized, but we must know that NNPC ceased to uh, exist. Then we now create me for the Nigerian mainstream and downstream regulatory authority, Nigerian upstream regulatory commission, and as well as the Nigerian National Petroleum Company Limited. Well, these three, working together, I believe with that more investors will come to the country. Over time, I think what is lacking in the oil and gas industry is it has not been practiced in line with global accepted uh, practices. With this in place, I think more investors will come in. Like most companies now, that opt to invest ordinarily in Nigeria, they go to uh, Ghana, Tanzania, and all the rest. Other countries, they put their investment there because they understand the fact that they put their investment where they know that they can get returns. Now, this issue of um, 5% or no 5%, we must know that the whole saga started um, in the 90s, where there was exchange between um, the minorities in the host community as well as oil company, where there was degradation of the environment and uh, all the rest. Then, at that point in time in the news, I can also read that the Shell, one of the big um, multinational oil companies in the region, were also blaming the people of Nigeria that they are, they are to be blamed for oil spills, saying because of ventilation and all the rest. Meanwhile, we have to understand that beside all this, we should know the effects of, of climate change uh, in the region, which is very disastrous. This climate change we are talking about, uh, even health impacts on the lives of uh, the residents of the Niger Delta alone, 5% can solve it. If you decide to treat all of them there because of the activities of glass flaring and all the rest, what about the, the agricultural uh, effect? Those people can't go to farm. They can't go to farm, they can't fish, or everything put there. So I think um, this, uh, this passage of this bill brings about accountability, fair practice, transparency. Okay, listener, let's just quickly take a break. We will be back in a moment. The Big Issue. Breaking down the issues that matter. Okay, listener, you welcome back to um, Leadership 
podcast studio and um, it is still big issue and uh, the issue at stake here is the passage of the PIB bill by the senate yesterday um now let's look at the 30% of profits that have been devoted for oil exploration in states what does that portend because for the past years, we have been hearing about oil exploration. They tell us that oil has been found or discovered in Brunu, or in close to Lake Chad, in Niger State, and yet we have not seen the commencement of the exploration of this oil. And now that whole humongous 30% of profits have been devoted for oil exploration. Um, B. What is the implication here? Well, I, I don't think 30% is too much, um, considering the fact that um, we have to speed up the exploration of the frontiers. Oil will be less attractive in the next uh, couple of uh, decades, maybe two to three decades to come. So whatever it is Nigeria is going to get from oil, we, we have to uh, do it in good time. So I don't think 30% is too much to explore new frontiers. However, the management, like uh, Bade rightly suggested, is what we should be talking about. As for the host communities, the government is very clever by ensuring that a trust fund will be established to manage that whatever percentage that goes to them. So the issue of uh, whether we get benefits or not, even though other activities of the government are still going to be running concurrently with the, the trust fund, so I think whoever has issues at that time will not be coming to Abuja. They will be settling their, their matters within them. But what of the percentage that will be the oil from oil profits that will still be subjected to appropriation by the government? It is the same problem. The same issues we have been having with NDDC, with uh, whatever government organization, accountability. So with the exploration fund, how sure are we? Who is going to monitor to ensure that the entire 30% is deployed for the purpose it's meant for? Because I, I don't know what the figure is as of today, but when huge figures come, it, it could be an opportunity for some people in government to say, oh, this money is too much just to just to go and look for oil that we don't know whether we are going to find eventually or not. So, uh, I mean, you you know the Nigerian factor, uh, uh, expectedly so. We hope it's going to change very soon. So, the 30% for me is not too much. However, I will only charge that whoever is saddled with the responsibility of deploying these uh, funds after appropriations anyway, because it's definitely going to be subjected to the appropriation process and all. But after all that is done, let's be sure 
that whatever is supposed to be used to uh, explore new frontiers gets to where it should get to. When you're talking about oil exploration in the Chad, I think what should concern us more should be the security in the It's not only the Lake Chad busy. There are about seven frontiers. While I agree that the issue of security is important. Uh, Tunde is that if you see where they have been telling us in the past years that oil have been discovered, ah, places close to this Lake Chad basin. And of course. Uh, well, um, um, you see, the issue of this frontiers basin is it, not specific about the region or the states. You know, Nigeria is having a very high deposit of gas, even more than the, the, the crude oil. So the purpose of setting up that 30%, which I think will uh, be managed by the newly created um, upstream uh, company, is to ensure that every state that oil or gas is discovered, this money will be used in the exploration because we have been just been, you know, spending the oil money without investing. So that 30% is an opportunity for the country to discover new oil fields or, you know, and explore other um, uh, 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 resources within the oil and gas industry. So it's not just about the lake chart. Bielsa, for example, have high deposit of gas than the crude oil and nothing is being done in that regard so this 30 percent will help in exploring uh the the, the, the is exploration state explore oil exploration nobody not spoke only, about not gas only oil exploration is oil and gas if you check it it's oil and gas and that's why nnpc has been unbundled and just like uh, tunde have uh, mentioned the three companies they have different tasks to carry out you know, and what that means is that NMPC will just be a regulator. They, they will have no business, you know, in business. Then the other companies will take care of the exploration, you know, because that time you will only hear NMPC going to search for oil in Bauchi, in Gombe, in uh, the chart, uh, Lake Chad Basin. But now a different company will be taking care of that, and that will be coming from that 30%. Uh, of the oil uh, revenue that will be devoted for the uh, exploration. It's, it's about exploring the oil and gas sector so that more as more investors are coming, there are more fields that, you know, they will uh, 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 establish their companies and explore the natural resources. So the misconception many people had yesterday concerning this bill some people thought that, okay, ah, it's, uh, they, they just hear that frontier basin. You know, I, I, I saw people, you know, googling to know the meaning of frontier basin. And dictionaries, we are referring them, you know, to the northern states and all that. No, that is not the intent of this bill. It's about potential states where oil and gas can be explored. And that is what that 30%, you know, will be used for. If you explore oil in these frontier states, and let's say the South South might benefit because they will, we always yes. have the oil the deposits, deposits there. Yes. The issue of 
segregation won't it come in here because if the southwest begin to say the 30 percent is not useful to them because i've not heard of oil exploration in the southwest is there any no there is actually a frontier no, basin in Daume, uh, Daume basin in lagos so and i i think just states about two like years ago lagos state applied to join uh, the host communities regional ethnic uh, Line, yes, so but you cannot rule that out. Yes, what I'm saying this is that in everything we do in Nigeria, yeah, but we should, we we should set agenda. We should, mind of mind, yes, we should mold uh, public opinion. We should set agenda. Yes. You know, what should be of concern to us is whether what we are doing as we speak is the right thing to do in the 21st century. You know, one of the bans of development in Nigeria has been policy inconsistency or policy somersault. Now, you all agree with me that there is an existing government policy to convert some cars, petrol cars, to auto gas. There is also uh, electric vehicles. Thank you very much. And at the same time, you are devoting a huge amount of money, like 30% of oil profit, to search for more oil. At a time, be said, oil will soon be... Uh, less attractive to no longer be involved and yes one of the very objectives of the PIB is to maximize our oil resources now before the thing becomes something else but what you're saying before you go and the federal government has been hitting very hard on diversification exactly 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 good so look at the inconsistency now good so at that same time you are now saying no let's look for more oil when you say this oil Will no longer be the end thing. That is one. We're talking about you know having electric cars. We're talking about converting cars to auto gas, and we are not exploring those ways. We are rather looking for the oil. At the time, some countries have already changed their face to shale oil. Then we should look at other alternative power sources, renewable renewable energy, for God's sake. So 30 percent to look for more oil might be a wild good chase, and it might be a good job for the boys to just. Eat in the oil sector. Well, I don't think and it, it may not be, amount to national I development. I don't think it will be a, a, a wild goods chase. Because now, in in the next 30 years... Yes, I understand his point. But let me make it clear here that in the next 30 years, as he rightly said, the oil will be less valuable. Now it is left for you who have the high deposit of oil, you know, to explore it before it expired. If you allow that oil... You know, to lie down without you attracting investment, you know, it, it, in the next 30 years, it will be unfashionable for you, you know, or it will be unused. So it is important, as it is now, the government should use all its arsenals to make sure that they dispose this oil and attract investors to come and invest. You know, as countries like Dubai are doing it, they use the oil revenue to develop the tourism industry. This PIB... This uh, uh, petroleum industry bill is an eye-opener, an opportunity for the government to explore this crude oil that has been lying down to develop other sectors. Because once you, you, you explore the oil, even if in, the, in, in, in years to come it becomes less valuable, you have utilized it to develop the tourism industry and also expand you know, your economy. So I think it's not a wild goose chest. Oil. I don't know why now. Then it's right to an extent too, but let me punch out the argument. 
For years, the NMPC has been on the search for oil in the Chad, the Chad Basin. We have not seen the results. Millions of dollars have been expended. The same NMPC has been at the Bauchi Basin, searching for oil for, for years. We've not seen the result. The Bida Basin, we've not seen the results. So how long are we continue to go with all this at the expense of taxpayers' money? Now, the NMPC will have not issued a statement to tell us the extent they have gone. So we can only make some kind of predictions. But I can assure you that for every action that the NMPC is taking, the new company that will be saddled with the responsibility of searching for this crude oil, you know, will be proactive because that is why the NMPC has been unbundled because it's like they have too much lot on their head. And now that the company has been unbundled, Nigerians will begin to feel the benefit. If they say, okay, they are searching for oil in Niger State, you know, within a short period, the, that company will now focus its attention in that place. The company will not be thinking about selling crude oil to other countries. No, another company will be doing it. So it was because this kind of bill was not in place. Now that the bill is in place, I'm sure that company will be able to advise government. These places that we are searching for oil, do we have it in large quantity, in commercial quantity? These are the questions, you know, the experts in that company will be able to advise the federal government. But I think, honestly, that that 30% will help the country to be able to discover more oil fields and, you know, sell it out to companies that will be willing to invest. And at the end of the day, Nigerians will feel the benefit. Um, well, talking of unbundling, that is one last issue we have to look at here before we draw the curtain. Uh, Nepa. Nepa was unbundled. Everybody said, Jesus Christ, the light in Nigeria will be constant because it is now a private thing. And at the end of the day, we had the discos and the jankos coming in as different companies thinking that there will be stability in power supply. But the situation got worse. And at the end of the day, nothing changed. Or if not for that, the matter got worse than what we had. What makes us think that the unbundling of NMPC will make a difference? I won't look at the unbundling of NMPC in the same direction with that of a defunct NEPA. This is a total a different ball game. Let me tell you, the commercialization of NMPC is one good thing with this PIB. It will be good for Nigerians. Before now, or up to, as we speak up to now, the NMPC, you know, is being run like a mafian organization. Everything about NMPC is shrouded in secrecy. But with commercialization, it won't be business as usual again. Transparency will come in, and that will be good for Nigerians, because Nigerians now, we have value for their money. But as we speak, NMPC is not being run like a government uh, corporation. Everything about NMPC is secrecy. We don't know the volume of oil we explore in a day. We don't know the amount of oil we export. We don't know the amount of money we get back in return. Everything secrecy, secrecy. Now, people in National Assembly will tell you, the only time you see big news about uh, agencies coming before National Assembly legislative committees is when NMPC is coming. I begin to hear $5 billion, so, so, so million dollars missing, so, so million dollars stolen. It's NMPC because NMPC will never tell you what it is actually doing and that is against transparency. 
that's against accountability. So it won't be law, it won't be business as usual again. I think that's a good development. Well, um, um, has said it all about transparency, and of course, even me who seem to be adopting Thomas, I am persuaded to begin to see reason why this unbundling will make sense. Yes. But the, service delivery, that is what we are talking yes. about. You know the reason why the, the, the uh, NEPA fell uh, to, to deliver uh, an effective uh, power supply to Nigerians is because the same people that were generating the electricity are the same people still generating it. You know, if you say that, okay, you unbundle NEPA and you have like uh, Kaduna Electricity Distribution Company, you have uh, Abuja Electricity Distribution Company, you have Kano Electricity Distribution Company. It is expected that these companies should generate the electricity and supply to their consumers. But no, it, was, it, it is the same source of the electricity that these people you know, are distributing. So you don't e e expect you know, things to, to, to move smoothly. They don't, they don't generate, they, they do not invest a dime either in tri transformers or even in, in, in you know, linking communities with, with the national grid. It's the same gen gen generating uh, uh, plants that are, that are still there. The, the distribution companies, they don't generate electricity. Well, it seems here, B has a divergent yes, view. I have a contrary view to what Isuad just said. Um, generating power is not much of the problem. Power distribution and transmission is more of the problem. So when you start looking about the problem of power supply from the prob uh, from the point view of Jenkins, um, I think we might be missing the point. Now, if we generate power, who, which company is saddled with the responsibility of transmitting the power generated to the distribution companies? How, how, no, 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 the transmission company. There are three, there are three value chains in the power sector. The generation company, the transmission company and the distribution company. So more of the problem is with transmission and distribution, not I power think, generation. I think you are, not, you are getting me wrong. Yes. In the power generating company, the generating company will opt ordinarily to generate and sell forward. You understand? But what about at the moment they will generate insufficient. Sometimes they will, the the natural company will complain that they don't have sufficient power to supply to the people. Well, that's been said. Let's leave that aside. Let's go back to the, um, the PIB issue. Um, bundling NNPC is the best thing to do, and I must congratulate the Ninth Senate for, for national this. Yes, yes, yes. Ninth national. We are still waiting for House of Reps. Right. Well, so <laughs> at the moment, I think uh, the, the executive and the legislative should work more together to ensure that these new companies adhere to international best practices, or else we'll go back to the same issues. I can recall vividly when 20 billion was missing in 2015. I will not go further with this. But I can say now that the NNPC is here to publish a detailed report of this so I think um, when well, I'm the, 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 the detailed report, I think the, 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 the anti-graft agencies 
are still doing their job because I think that matter is before the court. Although the suspect said had a, a, a diplomatic uh, a, a, a immunity when he got uh, the citizenship of uh, is it Dominican? Uh, so these are the issues militating against uh, the, 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 the effective prosecution of that matter. But um, now, uh, B, let's look at something. The House of Reps did not pass that bill from the way it seems. Uh, uh, what are the honorable members of the Green Chambers waiting? What were they waiting for? Well, uh, although in principle it has been passed. Technically, it has been passed. However, when you look at the <laughs> when you look at the rules of the house, they usually don't take the third reading of a bill immediately after consideration of report. Unlike the Senate, they usually don't do it immediately. And in some cases where they have Taking third reading immediately, they have to suspend their rules to ensure that it now gives them the opportunity to take. But I, I think if they really wanted to do so yesterday, they would have. But um, the confusion, because just as it was happening, the, the Senate was sitting almost at the same time with the House of Reps. And what happened yesterday can still be resigned. In, in the House of Reps, unlike in the Senate. In the Senate, it is already passed. So before you can bring it back to the Senate, before you can bring it back to the Senate, it will take a very different process. But in the House of Reps, just by a motion, you can say, uh, I move to resign our decision on so-so-so date, and they can review their position. But I am... Um, it is, it is not going to take a long time if they really want to uh, take the third reading, but whether they are going to harmonize with their colleagues in the Red Chamber and resign their decision, or they are going to take the third reading, go for conference, then later come for the adoption of the conference committee. They are two different things. But either ways, what I can assure you is that the PIB, even in the House of Reps, has been passed, technically. 80% of the job has been done. The 20% remaining is uh, a matter of technicality that can be knocked off when the political win is there. Thank you, B. Uh, talking about technical passage, this is the first time I'm hearing that. That is what we call technical passage, and what again? Is it substantive passage? Well, whatever the case is, let's see what the House will come up with. But finally, before we leave this place, it seems the passage of that bill and the unbundling of NMPC may have given too much power to the Minister of Petroleum. From what I'm seeing, would well, it? It's not too much power. Somebody must be in charge. And you know, the oil sector on the part of government is being overseen by a Minister of Petroleum Resources. It can be anybody. You know, under the Buhari administration, we are seeing. Uh, what is not usual, the president himself being the minister of uh, petroleum resources, even though he doesn't want to take responsibility regarding that area. So somebody must be in charge, and I don't think it's, uh, it's too much uh, power. Okay, listener, this is the much we can take 
in a big issue for today and this is where we draw the curtain but before i go let me thank our in-house analysts who have taken out their time to do a very good job of analyzing the situation out there in the polity bodeg badebo sunday suwa tundi oguntola and b adedapo thank you for a job well done and listener out there will not hesitate to thank you for being patient enough to be with us up to this moment and i hope you had a very wonderful time listening to this program this program is brought to you by leadership podcast from the stable of leadership media group